Hello, hello, and welcome to the show. You're listening to the We Podcast, and I'm your host, Sarah Menares. I believe that we all need a space to speak our authentic truth, as well as a space to hear the truths of real and vulnerable people so that we can better understand that we are not alone. Hearing the experiences of others encourages us to step into the light in our own lives. It is through owning our stories and learning to speak our truth that we are able to grow and rise above the challenges we face and step into the full power of all we were created to be. You will hear many topics discussed in this space with people from all over the world. We hope that you feel welcomed into a community of growth and that this space will invite you to uncover the absolute greatness that is already inside of you. Oh, and don't forget, check out all the We Podcast episodes as well as the We Spot blog over at thewespot.com. Are you ready? Let's dive in. Hey girl, it's me. You're listening to episode number 78, Healing the Whole Self. In this episode, I get to chat with Dr. Jane Brewer. Jane is a doctor of chiropractic who focuses on neurostructural connection, which is unique in that it restores balance to the three core aspects of one's body, the structural framework, function, and autoregulation. Not only does Dr. Brewer understand why it is that many individuals are experiencing the effects of conditions secondary to a structural shift of the spine, but her firsthand experience with thousands of patients both at home and internationally is one of the primary reasons that people come from far and wide to seek out her care. In this episode, we talk about healing the whole self, what that means, why it's so important, and how our physical self fits in with the rest of us. This episode is packed with so many nuggets. So here we go. Here is my interview with Jane. Welcome to this episode of the WE Podcast. I'm very excited to have the amazing Dr. Jane Brewer here with me today. This is an exciting interview because this is our third attempt at this interview. Okay. I have to put that out there from the very beginning. (laughs) Third time is a charm. (laughs) Yes. Yes. This is going to happen. So I'm super excited about what's going to unfold today to be able to get this goodness out into the world finally. So thank you for being here with me. Thank you, Sarah. I'm excited too. Yay. (laughs) All right. So we met speaking at an event uh, recently with Global Justice, and I loved being able to share the stage with you. I met you and I was like, ooh, I love this girl. She's amazing. So yay for that and being able to get connected. I would love for you to just kind of start out by giving us a little bit of background about yourself. Who are you? Tell us. I grew up in New York City, which was an amazing experience. I think when you're a kid, you don't really realize that there's a whole big world out there and that it's different from your reality. Mm. And so spent my whole childhood up until the time I graduated from high school in the middle of Manhattan. That's all I knew. You know, we spent our days going on class trips to places that people vacation to, you know, we, 
went to the top of the Empire State Building and visited the Statue of Liberty and Ellis Island and all those amazing places that mm-hmm. people think about when they think of New York. And when I graduated from high school, I went to undergrad. I studied art. So I have an undergrad degree in fine art with an emphasis on photography and graphic design. And then when I graduated from undergrad, I had no idea what to do with my life. What do you do with an art degree? So (laughs) I did a year of service with AmeriCorps, which is basically the domestic version of the Peace Corps. I moved out to the West Coast to Portland, Oregon, and I served a year with Habitat for Humanity in Portland, Oregon, which is interestingly very relevant in my life still. Mm. And then moved back to the East Coast, stayed in upstate New York for a while. I have had a wild ride of multiple jobs and careers. I have worked in the coffee industry. I was a farmer for a while. I moved to Colorado in 2002, worked for Crested Butte Mountain Resort at that time and just kind of held it down in Gunnison County for a while. I was a 911 dispatcher for four years. And then I had a personal life-changing experience with chiropractic care, which ultimately 11 years after finishing my undergrad led me to take a huge leap of faith go back to school with really no science background whatsoever and really take a deep dive into learning what had changed my life so profoundly. Mm, That's awesome. So a few things I'm like super cool to grow up in Manhattan. Like I, my uh, friend and I, we used to always dream about moving to Manhattan after college or after high school, which of course you can't afford to move there after high school. But always so like glamorous and exciting seems so amazing. Yeah. I mean, there's always something to do. And I think what I carry with me the most from that, a few things. The first is the diversity. There's really no place else like New York that I've ever traveled to or been to. You know, growing up from a really early age, you just grow up with people from around the world with different cultural backgrounds, different socioeconomic backgrounds. And those are your peers. Those are your best friends. Those are the people you grew up with. So I feel really lucky to have had that kind of experience growing up. And then also, you know, in New York, and when I go back now, I always joke around, you know, I basically just go to eat and I walk everywhere to just walk off like all the things that I want to eat when I go visit people. (laughs) That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Colorado doesn't know what bagels are. It's it's just round shaped bread product with hole in the middle. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> what is it really? I, well, it's kind of a hard substitute. Like if you ever need a tour guide, I'll take you to New York and show you okay. what a real bagel is. It's just very different from what you get out here. Hmm. I did not know this. All right, <laughs> let's go. I'm ready. We're going to take a trip. Okay. <laughs> so um, the other thing that comes up for me when you're talking that I really, really love about your story, and I'd love to know just a little bit more about your story is that, you know, I talk to so many people who say, I don't know what I want to do. Like I want to do 15 different things. And so then I, they just never get started. Like it's too hard to choose. And for you, you've done a lot of things. You're like, I can do all of these things and then move on to something else, which is really cool. I think it's just really all figuring it out as you go along. And and this is something I'm working on still, just knowing that there's really not a right or a wrong, like trying not to assign that kind of value to it. Because, you know, things were right during that time. 
you know, mm -hmm. when I was doing them, when I was working as a barista in a coffee shop, that was right for then. And it allowed me the lifestyle that I wanted then. And at some point, you know, so I, I think it's really internally, like I grew unsatisfied on some level with what I was accomplishing in my life and, and just knew that, you know, with more information, the more I learned, um, things change. And I think that's an encouraging thing to remember is that no matter where you are, that doesn't have to be where you stay forever. You know, yeah. I still want to do 15 different things, even yeah. though I love what I do. I really feel like I have found my purpose and my passion, but I still have other interests, you know, other things that I enjoy either as hobbies or maybe things that I would even want to pursue later on down the road as, as a business venture. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. So good. I think we get stuck in, if I make this choice, it's going to be this way forever. And I don't, yeah. you know, it, it does not have to be for, for sure. sure. Yeah. I love and that. I think it's really empowering to know you don't have to have it all figured out to take that first step. Mm -hmm. Yes, for sure. So let's talk a little bit about your upbringing. <laughs> um, so did, do you, do you have siblings? I or? do. Yes. So I grew up with one younger brother. We are about two and a half years apart. We have always been super, super close. Mm. And my mom and dad, and we had our nice little apartment in New York city. And, and I don't know, I feel like we had a very, I don't know. Is there, if there is a normal, I feel like we had a very like happy normal childhood mm -hmm, mm -hmm. not that but, there is a norm but right know, we had that very what people think of as a, like a traditional like family structure right yeah what did your parents do to live in my, yeah my parents both for their entire careers were um educators in special education in New York City. So they worked for the New York City public school system. Mm. They both had master's degrees in speech and language pathology. Uh, my dad eventually worked more in um, kind of an administrative role, evaluating students, making sure they were receiving the correct services and support. And my mom was always a classroom teacher for her whole career. She worked with some of the most severely autistic children in the city and, and children with a lot of special needs. And she had a huge, huge heart for, heart for that. And she also had a, another degree in traumatic brain injury. So she worked with a lot of kiddos mm. with head injuries as well. Wow. Yeah, that's cool. Hmm. Okay. And so at what point did you leave New York? I left New York to live for the first time after I graduated from high school. So Gosh, that was, I don't, do I want to give up my age? That was the mid nineties <laughs> and went to undergrad. It was still in New York state, but that was the first time I'd ever lived outside the city. First time I really met and became really close with people that had very different upbringings than I did. I'm like people that had their learner's permits and drove cars, very foreign to me. <laughs> and that was kind of a neat experience. You know, you, you know that, you know that people that drive when they're younger exist out there, but I didn't learn how to drive until I was 22 years old. <laughs> well, there's no reason for it, right? No, my parents never even kept a car. Like they never owned a car. I remember going when I was really young, my parents had an old Chevy Nova and I remember driving it up 
with my dad so he can sell it. And I think it was somewhere in the Bronx and like riding the subway back. I couldn't have been more than four or five years old. And my dad was so nervous that he had a few hundred bucks in cash in his pocket riding the subway through then what were some pretty rough neighborhoods mm-hmm. in New York. Yeah. He's like, Dang, don't tell anybody. I have all this cash in my pocket. <laughs> Aww. Huh. And so he sold that you're like their only car. Oh yeah. I mean, when I was a kid, there's, I mean, it's so cost prohibitive to keep a car yeah. in the city. Mm-hmm. You know, you I, have to park it on the street and move it a million times a day, or you pay, pay to put it in a garage. There's no need for it. You know, we walked right. everywhere growing up or we rode the subway or the bus. And when we needed to go someplace further, we just rented a car. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, and driving there, I think is enough to give you like a heart attack really, because <laughs> I accidentally drove in Manhattan once. Oh, no. Uh, <laughs> When I was only like, how does that happen? I know. How do that? How do you accidentally do that? I took the wrong exit, and I was only twenty. Like young, I had really like no idea. It was terrifying. Absolutely, you made it though. You survived. I did make it. I'm here to speak about it. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. All right. So now you've gone through all of these different things. You've got an art degree, you're a barista, you, I mean, amazing. You've kind of traveled all over the place. So tell us a little bit about when you decided that you wanted to become a chiropractor. For sure. So I think about 2002, huge life changes happened. And I ended up moving out to Crested Butte on the Western slope. And I really thought I was moving out there for a season. You know, I had a friend who worked at the ski area. He was able to get me a job for the winter season and I just needed a big change. So long story, I ended up coming out here by myself. He didn't end up working out here that winter, but I got convinced to stay. And they're like, well, you had a winter here, stay for the summer. And I ended up staying for almost nine years. And if you've ever been to Crested Butte, you know, it's just incredibly beautiful. You have amazing access to the outdoors. So I really fell in love with mountain biking, skiing, and all those types of things. So naturally, when you're on a learning curve for those types of things and doing them a lot, I was crashing a lot and finding myself physically just hurting from the damage I was doing to my body. And Mm. a friend of mine was like, go see Dr. Mimi. She's a great chiropractor in town. So I said, okay. You know, I, I thought maybe at the very least she could help me, you know, feel better in my body. You know, my hip was hurting all the time. I was getting headaches from, you know, just all the, the falling I was doing. Mm-hmm. And so I went in, you know, I started under care and, you know, those things definitely got better. But then I started really noticing other aspects of my life improve that I never really connected. And I do remember going into her one day and just telling her like, Hey, I'm noticing all these changes. Like my, breathing is getting better. My respiratory system is improving. Like, can this be that? Because this is the only thing that I've added or changed as far as my Mm self-care. Can this be helping? She's like, haven't I taught you anything, you know, to really understand how, sure, correcting the spine and getting your spine adjusted certainly can help with pain and discomfort. But, you know, she really instilled in me that the spine houses the most important organ and system in your body. And that's your central nervous system, which controls and coordinates the function of everything else in the body. And she said, yeah, you know, if there was some issue, you know, simply put with the communication between your brain and the way your 
respiratory system was able to function and we were able to allow that enough time to heal, sure, we can see improvements in those things. And I was, I don't know, in that moment, a light bulb just went off. And I don't think that culturally we're really taught to understand how our body works in that light. Mm -hmm. And it all just came together for me in that moment and, and it made perfect sense. And I think she saw that she's like, you need to, you need to do this. You know, you need to get your, you know, you need to get your hands on people and learn how to do this because she saw, I think in that, in that moment that I really got it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that ignited a spark to you wanted to help other people in that way. For sure. And yeah. it, you know, it wasn't as simple as that. You know, I had a life like I owned a home, my husband, we weren't married at that time, but he owned a home in Crested Butte. There were a lot of logistical things, but it definitely was that seed that was planted in that day. And I think, you know, I'm not sure how long it took from that time until the fact until the time that I really decided like, this is something I need to do. It was probably a matter of, I don't know, six to nine months, but it was mm-hmm. less than a year from mm-hmm. that time to when we just packed up our lives, Wes and I, and moved to Atlanta so I can go to school. That's cool. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Acting on the prompting, I think is huge. It is. And it's, I mean, it's all the things it's, it's exciting. It's scary there's no guarantee of success. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But, you know, you, you have a choice. You either stay where you are and if nothing changes, nothing changes, or mm-hmm. you just keep on moving. And, you know, I think a question I really like to ask myself is what's the worst thing that could happen? And, and it's usually not as bad as your mind makes it out to be. Right. Yeah. So true. I agree. So you're a special kind of chiropractor. Do you want to tell us about that? (laughs) I do. I would love to because there aren't many of us who do what we do. And it's funny going back to that same day, talking to my chiropractor in Crested Butte, you know, we just kind of sat down. She's like, you know, when you go to school, you're going to learn that there's many different techniques, many different approaches. And she kind of gave me a good overview of stuff like that. And I just remember one thing sticking out my head. She's like, there's even chiropractors that focus on adjusting only the top bone in the neck. And in that moment, I was like, that's insane. Like why, you know, you have a whole spine. Why would you just focus on one? Uh And (laughs) it's so funny and ironic how life just circles you back to those little moments that leave an impression in your mind, because that's really where I found myself. So I'm what's called an upper cervical specialist. And really that just refers to the upper part of the neck. So there's a bone that sits at the junction between the head and the neck called the atlas. And, you know, I was never a big mythology lover in school, but Atlas is the Titan that was punished to hold the weight of the world up. And so a lot of people know Atlas as that, Mm -hmm. but our Atlas in our spine is responsible for bearing the weight of our head. And it is an incredibly vulnerable area in the neck. It doesn't have the built-in protection mechanisms that the rest of the spine has to keep it stable. And that's because it needs to move. So we sacrifice Mm -hmm. a lot of stability in that area in favor of mobility because we need to move our head around. Mm -hmm. And so by design, it leaves a weak link in the chain, so to speak. And when the Atlas misaligns, which it's likely to do from an injury or simply just wear and tear that accumulates over time, Mm-hmm. it has a very big domino effect, structurally speaking, on the rest of the spine. I have seen people that come in with 
structural issues at the top of the neck that are experiencing low back pain and issues. But then it also creates a huge choke point for the normal flow of neurological information that's coming from the brain that is meant to communicate with the rest of the body downstream. Mm-hmm. And it also can influence normal fluid flow. And by fluids, I mean, obviously, blood flow between the head and the neck and cerebrospinal fluid, which the more we understand about that, the more we realize that's kind of like the scrub brush for the tissues of our nervous system. So that's the fluid that really cleans those tissues of their metabolic waste products and makes sure that they are able to function as well as they should. There's just so much that we don't know and that we're not aware of, and I still need to come and see you. Um, (laughs) But it reminds like you're talking about it too. I'm thinking about my daughter. She had a, she was born with forceps like yanked yes. out by her head. Yes. And it makes me think too, like wondering even to this day, like how that is affecting her, if it's affecting her. Sure. And what's really beautiful about the kind of work that I do is that it's very science-based. You know, we're able to measure these things objectively and really understand, you know, is there a problem in this area and how is it affecting how Mm -hmm. the rest of the body is able to work? And there's ways to really take a look at that and know it without having to guess. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Which was important to me as a practitioner. You know, I, I just think that what we do is too important to live in a world where, we're just kind of doing our best, you know, I mean, and I say that not to, not as a criticism, but, you know, I called my practice precision chiropractic because precision matters when it comes to dealing with adjusting the spine, which Mm -hmm. like we just said, protects our most vital system. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Makes sense. I like your name. It's good. Thank you. It's not like <laughs> close enough chiropractic. Like... <laughs> we'll just half-ass this chiropractic. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's funny. Okay. So one of the things that I really love about you is that you're really passionate about healing the whole self, um, really about holistic health and how important that is. And so do you want to talk to that at all? Yeah, I think that no matter what branch of healthcare you're in, there really isn't only one right answer for people. And I think that's so important to realize when I step into a room with somebody who's coming into my office seeking out care, is that there's a lot of layers going on there and what they have going on structurally speaking. And when I say that, I'm really referring to, you know, structural spinal issues as opposed to like having a problem with maybe a muscle or, you know, just even having emotional problems that are affecting their physical body, because that absolutely holds true as well. And I think the more we can collaborate across all kinds of healthcare disciplines, the better outcomes we can really achieve for our patients, which really is what it should be about. You know, it is Mm -hmm. about our people, the people that come to us and trust us with their care. Mm-hmm. And that's really been 
a huge learning experience over the last five years. It's really easy to think like, hey, I have all the answers. You know, chiropractic is the only solution for this problem. Or you can take the word chiropractic out of that sentence and put in whatever you want to. You know, this medication is the only solution for this problem. Hmm. It's it's often not the case, you know, mm-hmm. and I think yeah. the more we can help people understand that, you know, there's there's different different approaches for different times. I think the better we're all going to get at taking care of each other and taking care of ourselves. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. At the uh, event that we were both speaking at, you gave the analogy of the elephant. Yeah, that's right. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah. And it- I can't remember where I first heard that, but there, you know, there's the parable of the blind men and the elephant. And the blind men really wanted to experience like what an elephant was. And it's just such an interesting analogy to healthcare, I think, because, you know, these blind men would approach the elephant. One of them happened to touch the trunk and they're like, oh, the elephant is just like, I don't remember. A oh, snake. God. A yeah. snake. Good yeah, grief. Yeah. Thank you. You remember <laughs> better than I do. So it means you know, it was impactful, right? Thank you. <laughs> or, you know, so, you know, when somebody approached the side of the element, oh man, the elephant is just like a wall. You know, it just depends on your perspective. And that's kind of the way I look at it. You know, we have lenses through which we see things. And, you know, I always tell people if, if I'm a hammer, all I'm going to see are nails. And I think being able to acknowledge that and acknowledge maybe even the limitations of your own discipline is really important because at the end of the day, the person that will suffer from those limitations are the people you're taking care of. And to be able to have a team of people to reach out to is super important because it allows for the best possible outcomes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So many people are so like this, there's only one way. This is the only way. This is the cure all fix all. You know, and and I think unfortunately, as humans, that's what we want sometimes. Oh gosh, like, totally. I yeah. am guilty of that as much as anybody else. Like, you know, if, if I'm hurting, I want to be better yesterday. Like, I don't want to wait. Mm-hmm. But I also know better, and I know that oftentimes, you know, those physical symptoms are one of the last things to appear. Likely, the problem has kind of been bubbling beneath the surface for a long time, mm-hmm. and that time is the greatest healer as well. You know, we need to give the body the tools it needs. We need to equip it with what it needs to, to be able to heal, you know, and that's where these interventions come in or, you know, chiropractic care, massage therapy, acupuncture, anything else. That's where Mm -hmm. that comes in. You need to equip the body with what it needs to be able to get to a place where it's functioning better so Mm -hmm. that healing can take place. Yeah, totally. And not only with professionals, but the things you can even do yourself. Like for me, for a long time, I did not sleep like enough, you know, and I started to to, like have this boundary around sleep and I'm like, huh, wow, (laughs) things are so much different. I know. And especially, sorry. No, you're Especially now there's a lot of uncertainty floating around in the world out there. And you know, you just got to draw it back into the basics, you know, like you just said, make sure you're getting enough sleep, feed your body fuel that it could use, you know, try to cut down on sugars and processed foods, Mm -hmm. drink enough water, you know, really the basics that we're all taught, you know, this is the best way that we can really support our baseline level of health and well-being. Yeah, man, water is a hard one for me. 
Yeah, look at this. I have a bucket that I now fill up. Oh, nice. <laughs> that thing is huge. It is huge, That's but it's, so it gets good. me to drink water all day. Yeah, like if I bring this good. and it's full and my goal is to get to the bottom of this thing every day, mm -hmm. I stand a better chance of doing it. That's good. All right. One other thing, another thing I want to talk about is your love and passion for uh, neurology or uh, neuropsychology, which did I say neurology, right? Or I don't know. I don't, I don't. Yes. <laughs> but the, the connections and I totally. love when you talk about like, we have the ability to create new connections and just because I think that's so empowering and so important for people to know. For sure. So in my office, I talk about our nervous system, kind of like the electrical wiring system in a house, right? I think it, it's sometimes, you know, the nervous system seems like just such a big thing to grasp. But when you talk about the wires in a house, you know, you understand that there's a main breaker box or fuse box and you have wires that run throughout your house that provide power and, and electricity to all the different rooms and all the different appliances and so on and so forth. Hmm. So our body is wired kind of like that as well. You know, you've got your main fuse box or breaker box in your brain. And then you have this whole network of wires that runs throughout your body that is the conduit that signals travel over in order to make sure that your liver functions as your liver, your heart continues to beat, you know, all these things that kind of run in the background that we don't consciously have to think about. It's all being run in a very intentional way by that central nervous system. And I'm actually working on a postdoctoral degree now that is diving a lot deeper into the neurology, like you said, behind how all this stuff works. And I think, yeah, of course, there's still a lot to be, to be understood, but I think we know so much more now than we did even a decade ago about how all this stuff works. And I think that's really, really cool to be on the cutting edge of all of this research and all of this learning, mm -hmm. but how that translates into my clinical care with people is that, you know, wherever you are now, you're not stuck there. You know, I think neuroplasticity and our ability to, like you said, rewire mm -hmm. is more powerful than ever before. And I think we understand it on a level that is deeper than ever before. And I think that should be really encouraging to people because it really gives us the ability to explore things that were maybe never thought to be possible in the past. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Cause a lot of people think, well, if I don't have that now, I'm never going to have it. Totally. Like and I'm stuck here, whatever. Yeah. But and I, I think the more we learn too about, you know, the whole saying like mind over matter, I think that does go a long way. And if we are stuck in that line of thinking, like I think lets people see possibilities that they weren't able to see before. And that's yeah. big. Yeah. It totally like debunks the old saying, you can't teach an old dog new tricks. For like, sure. Yeah, you can. <laughs> and you should. And continuing to grow and understanding that it never stops. Like we yeah. continually have power over that, yeah. I think is is huge. Absolutely. I agree. Yeah. 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 Oh, so good. Okay. So I would love to know for you, um, in your journey, 
you know, this is all about growth and personal growth. And I think, you know, we come through this journey and a lot of times uh, people see us where we're at, at the end result. like, oh, look at Jane. She's a doctor. She's so amazing. She's never struggled. She's, you know what I mean? I do. <laughs> I think we just naturally do that as humans. I think um, so too. And I think especially with the rise of how easy it is to stay connected with other people through social media platforms and all of that, like we do see people's highlights, you know, we see, the vacation, we see the beach photo with the umbrella drink, we see mm. the ski trip, the ski weekend. Yeah. And we don't see the struggles. But man, like every day, there's something and I really try to not focus on the one or two things that maybe didn't go as well as possible and try to focus on the many, many things that went really well. And that's my work is to really try not to be a perfectionist, so to speak, you know, to try Mm -hmm. to realize that there's a lot more good being done than there is the other side of things, you know, and, Mm -hmm. and it's, it's hard, you know, I think we all have those things, you know, our kryptonite or whatever that is. And Mm -hmm. um, thankfully I, I have my people that I can call when I'm having a tough day and, Mm -hmm. you know, chiropractic school. And I think it really any professional school prepares you pretty darn well to practice your craft. You mm-hmm. know, I came out of school, you know, new, but very confident as a clinician, Yeah. but starting a business and the day-to-day operations of running a business and everything that comes along with that, it really takes its toll. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I just started talking to a new therapist and trying to work through some of these things because the reality is, is that there is a lot of anxiety and stress that comes along with that. And the last thing I want is to carry that home at the end of the day and have my family get the worst of me because mm-hmm. I've had to kind of stuff it down as I'm seeing patients all day or have that ultimately take its toll on my own health because I don't address the root of that. Mm-hmm. And so I really try to practice what I preach as far as taking care of the underlying cause of whatever it is that's going on, because mm-hmm. that's really where the work is and nobody's perfect. Right. Yes. I totally agree. Um, how often do you see, do you think like emotional, um, stuff manifesting as physical? I think on some level, whether we're conscious of it or not, that, that happens for, I would say almost everyone. And I, I I don't know, it's not like I've collected data to support that or anything, but you know, you look at really common issues, like, you know, people like they don't call it belly aching for a reason, you know, your gut is wired to your nervous system, you know, it's called your enteric nervous system, you know, they don't call it a gut feeling for no reason, your gut is your second brain. And, you know, a lot of people deal with digestive issues, food sensitivities, acid reflux, all that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And I don't know. I just think it's a really interesting thing to question, like, you know, how much is stress or, you know, internalizing traumas or anything else like that? Like, how much is that affecting our overall well being? And it's really well known that, you know, all of that will create inflammation. And mm-hmm. inflammation is the underlying cause of a lot of health issues. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think the more we can work on those layers of things as well, like, the better better things we'll get. Yeah. Yeah. I totally. Oh, yes. 
So good. So many layers, so many different things. It is. And that's what's cool about it yeah. is that, you know, it, it doesn't, it's not, it, it just goes back to what we were talking about. It's not just one thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. Which sometimes could feel really overwhelming, but I think once you get past that overwhelm, there should be a lot of hope and optimism in that because it just means that there's still more to explore and there's always that chance for improvement. Yeah, totally. There are things you can do, many things that you can do. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I love it. All right. So I'm going to ask you my questions and I would love to know what do you feel has been the most vital to your growth? I think the thing that's really kept me afloat even during those dark moments is the support from my family and my close friends. I think everybody needs that support system. I think I have to be very extroverted all day when it comes Mm -hmm. to pouring myself out into other people and and caring for them. Mm -hmm. And that doesn't come naturally to me. Like I'm very much an introvert when it comes to recharging my batteries. And I'm so grateful to have people that I come home to, like my husband, you know, my dad, my brother, who also live here. And then my really close network of friends who many of them are chiropractors and they understand the ins and outs of the roller coaster that I experience every day. And it's so nice to be able to make a phone call on my drive home at the end of the day and just process some of that stuff with somebody who really gets it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So if I had to really give a shout out to anybody that's helped me build my success. It would be my crew, my people. Mm -hmm. Yay for the people. Yes. (laughs) So huge. So yeah. Yeah. We weren't created to exist alone. That's for sure. No. And I think that ties in too, for me, for all the things that I do outside my business to feed my soul, so to speak, you know, I think that's really important too, is to have an outlet to I don't know, serve others and and feed yourself in that way, whatever that looks like for me, that looks like being on the board of Loveland Habitat for Humanity and serving Mm -hmm. people in our community. Mm -hmm. Uh, Myself and a business partner of mine, we have taken over leading a chiropractic mission trip to Guatemala on an annual basis, like serving other people in a way that fills you Mm -hmm. up, whatever that looks like to you. And sometimes that could just look like curled up on the couch with, you know, your kitty cat and reading a book. Like you just have to be able to learn how to feed yourself to maintain mm-hmm. that level of energy. Yeah, totally. It's good. All right. So walking away from this podcast, what do you want to make sure that people know? I think what's most important to know is that our bodies have a greater potential to heal than we've really been taught or maybe given permission to accept Mm. and that there are people out here looking at things in different ways that can provide hope. And so many people that end up in a consultation in my practice, you know, I could read down the list. Like it's, it's usually very predictable. They've tried, you know, they feel like they've really exhausted all their options Mm -hmm. and they've tried you know, painkillers, anti-inflammatories, muscle relaxers. They've potentially even tried some soft tissue modalities, which is amazing for soft tissue injury. You know, PT is great if you're, you know, working on rehabbing a shoulder injury or a knee injury. I see a PT myself for some knee issues that I'm working with. They're phenomenal. 
Um, Mm-hmm. People have had cortisone injections or even had surgical interventions to try to stabilize structural issues. There is more than one way to cook an egg, but the majority of people that find their way to me feel like they're just out of options and running really low on optimism to ever see a change. And when we talk about the Atlas and we talk about that choke point and we talk about how that can impact everything as far as neurological function, the way your body's automatic operating system can work and the secondary conditions that may result of, you know, as a, as that may result from a structural change, you know, it's Mm -hmm. pretty remarkable Mm -hmm. to see the change in people as far as finally getting this shred of hope to get their quality of life back. I don't even know if I just answered your question. I just kind (laughs) of, That was a great, yes. Went off on a tangent, but I just, I really, you know, if you're listening, I just want you to understand that there are people out there, there are healthcare practitioners, you know, there's people that live in the upper cervical chiropractic world that are really on the cutting edge of having a deeper understanding of how all these things may be connected as far as a lot of neurodegenerative issues and other neurologically based issues. You know, we see a ton of folks with chronic migraines. We see a ton of folks that are living with the effects after a head injury or concussion that have had, you know, vertigo, dizziness, migraines, Mm -hmm. of course, pain and discomfort. You know, we see a lot of folks that live with MS and Parkinson's day-to-day, like how can we improve these day-to-day pieces of quality of life, you know? And in my opinion, there's a huge structural component to address when it comes to restoring all of those pieces back into place. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I'm like listening to you just thinking, my daughter needs to come see you. I need to come see you. <laughs> Everybody needs to come see you. <laughs> it's, e- it's easy to get into like the, um, you know, the busyness of everyday life and not make yourself a priority and your, sure. your own health a priority. For sure. Yeah. And I, I mean, I get that. And it's interesting you know, even for me, like just trying to be proactive about stuff, like, and it's kind of rough around the edges, but like we either make time to take care of ourselves now, or we're going to be forced to make time for it later when things become so much of a problem that we're not able to work or Mm -hmm. enjoy the things that we enjoy doing, like getting out for a hike or, you know, for some people, it's just being able to sit on the floor to play with their kids for an hour. Mm -hmm. So we either make time for it now or we're going to be put in a position where we don't really have a choice and we have to make time for it later. Yeah, which no one wants that either. So, all right, let's talk about how people can find you. And because you are so specialized and there's not a lot of you in the world, I mean, in the United States. Yeah, even across the world, there's probably not very many many of us. Um, So the best way to find me and my practice, Precision Chiropractic, um, is through our website. Do you want me to say what that is? That's right. I'll put it in the show notes. But yeah, you can say what it is in case somebody, yeah. (laughs) It's um, just precisionchiroco for Colorado.com. And so there's a wealth of information on our website. Um, Patients in our practice always start their relationship with us with a complimentary consultation. I just want to sit down and have a conversation with somebody without them feeling like there's any commitment necessary other than, of course, you know, an hour of their time or 
however long it takes to kind of get through that. Mm-hmm. But it's our just it's our way to get to know people. And before we do anything, just understand what their health history is, explain how we approach care because it is different from a conventional chiropractic approach, and just see where it makes sense to go from there. And I know a lot of folks that practice the way I do kind of operate under a similar model because it is different and it is important that patients understand the objectives of our care, mm-hmm. which is not to put a band-aid on the same problem over and over. It's actually to make some inroads into guiding things back towards normal so that we can regain strength and stability. So mm-hmm. anyways, our website's the best way to find us. You can schedule a compl- complimentary consultation online, or if you don't live in Northern Colorado, please feel free to reach out to me on our website. There's just a general contact form. I can easily help you get connected with a practitioner in your area. Like you said, Sarah, we're a small group. And because I'm in this postdoctoral degree program, uh, this diplomate program with many of the leaders pioneering this type of work, I Mm -hmm. have the ability to reach out to them and get a trusted referral. Mm -hmm. That's so good. I know referrals are so important. Yeah. 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 Especially with therapy, it's really, uh, and I'm assuming it's the same, like it's so hard for me to hear of people who go to a bad (laughs) practitioner. That that happens, I think, Mm -hmm. in every profession. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And sometimes, you know, the clinician or the practitioner may have done nothing wrong, so to speak, but it just wasn't a good match. You know, yeah. what this person was looking for maybe wasn't a good match for the type of approach that that practitioner offered. And sometimes it's as simple as that. Sometimes it's, you know, unfortunately worse and there's, you know, incompetence or just a failure of communication. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But encouraging people to even continue to seek help and support from there because I think that's another thing that gets people stuck is they're like, oh, I did this and it sucked. And so oh definitely again. You know what I mean? Yeah. 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 That's totally true. I and that's that's kind of why we structured our practice the way we did. Like I just didn't want there to be that particular barrier for people coming in. You know, it really just is a conversation. And my goals are to of course, have somebody have a a pleasant experience and maybe learn something that they didn't understand before, but Mm -hmm. to just really equip people with whatever information it is that they need to make an informed healthcare decision for themselves. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I know we need to wrap up here, but the other thing I want to say about you too, that I love is that your kind of um, philosophy is to get people better so they don't have to continually see you, which I know a lot of people are like, I want you to see me forever. (laughs) Don't get me wrong. I am a huge advocate for taking care of your spine throughout your life. It's important and it's just as important now as it's going to be. And you know, it's got to serve you for your lifetime. But with that said, you're absolutely right. It's not my goal to have to see our patients twice a week or once a week for the rest of their lives. It's just a different model. And if we can get people's bodies back to a place where they can hold their adjustments for longer and longer, that's where the real win comes, in my opinion, anyways. You know, if we can get as much stability and as much strength back into that spinal structure as we can, then all it takes is just a periodic check to make sure that things stay doing what they're supposed to do. Mm -hmm. And of course, you know, I tell our people, like, hey, if you go out, 
skiing on the slopes and you have a crash, like, yeah, come in and get checked. Or if you hurt yourself shoveling the sidewalk in the winter, come in and get checked. You know, there's some common sense, of course, behind right. that. Yeah. But as a general rule, you know, if, if we're doing everything right and we're measuring things and we're kind of charting our progress and keeping score as we go along, mm-hmm. not only are people feeling better and feeling better is always going to be a byproduct of a body that's working better, mm-hmm. but the longer they can maintain and hold that adjustment, the healing is in the holding is what I, Mm -hmm. you know, I tell our patients, you know, the Mm -hmm. healing happens, the longer your body is able to maintain that optimal level of function. Yeah. And if we're doing everything right, I'm going to have to adjust people less and less as time goes on, because that is a sign that healing is taking place. Yeah. Which makes sense too, though, because trauma is trauma. Like if it's physical trauma or emotional, mental trauma, you have to pay attention to it and you have to do something about it rather than ignoring it. So, yes. All right. So good. Thank you so much. We did it. We made it. We did it. Very exciting. So thank you so much for being here. I really appreciate you. I appreciate you um, educating us and informing us about these things that are just so important for empowering our health and our livelihood moving forward. So thank you. Thank you. And for everything that you do too. And at first I felt the same way when we, you and I met, I was like, this girl's really cool. (laughs) And I think we're on parallel missions to really dig deeper and really encourage and empower people to understand. Yeah. Thank you. All right, my friends, what an awesome interview. We absolutely believe in the power of our stories and we are so very grateful to our guests who have the courage to speak their truth and share their heart experiences and light with all of us. If you want more of the WE podcast, make sure you head over to thewespot.com where you can find all of our episodes as well as the WE Spot blog. The WE Spot is your go-to spot for growth, connection, authenticity, and encouragement. You can also find us on social media. Head over to the We Spot Facebook and Instagram pages and get plugged in. You can also find me, Sarah Moneras, on my personal Facebook and Instagram pages as well. If you love the We Podcast, we would be thrilled for you to rate the podcast and write us a review. We want as many people as possible to be lifted up in growth and get connected with our community. Also, don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss out on new episodes dropping every single week. We can't wait to see you over on social media. Thank you for being here today. It means a lot to us. Remember, your story makes you who you are. Speak your truth, grow constantly, rise above, and always know you are not on this journey alone. See you next time.